Welcome to Dip Your Toes Into Carmel, the podcast of the semi-province of St. Therese. Walk with us today as we reflect on Our Lady in the Life of Carmel and St. Teresa by Father Gregory Ross. Originally published as two separate articles in the Friars newsletter, Gentle Breezes. Totus Marianus Est Carmelis This Latin phrase can be translated, Carmel is all Mary's, and has been used traditionally to indicate the Marian spirit of the Carmelite order. This saying about the Marian nature of the order of Carmelites has characterized our Carmelite tradition from its beginnings. The earliest Carmelites on Mount Carmel in the 13th century lived a simple life as hermits gathered together into a community, with a marked tendency to interiority and an impassioned aspiration for familiarity and intimacy with God. They built a chapel in the midst of their hermitages and dedicated it to St. Mary. They recognized in the mystical life of Mary a fulfillment of their own aspirations for union with God. Thus, a unique expression of Marian spirituality gradually developed among those who called themselves the Brothers of the Blessed Virgin Mary of Mount Carmel. When the Carmelites migrated to Europe from the Holy Land in the 1300s and began to establish communities in Italy, England, France, and other countries, they brought their devotion to Mary with them and made sure it characterized their daily lives. Prayers to the Blessed Virgin formed a regular part of the Carmelite daily liturgies, meetings, mealtimes, etc. One of these earliest prayers is still present in the liturgy today. Grant to your servants, we beseech thee, O Lord, unfailing health of mind and body, and through the intercession of the glorious and blessed ever-Virgin Mary, may we be saved from present sorrow and enjoy future joy. The Carmelites looked to Mary as their primary patroness. This term refers primarily to Mary's role as protector of the order and of its members, along with the corresponding duty of those under her protection to honor and serve her. The brown scapular that formed part of the Carmelite religious habit came to symbolize the special relationship between Our Lady of Mount Carmel and the members of her order. This is the relationship with Mary into which enter all those who are enrolled in the brown scapular of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. In addition to their looking to her as their protector and mother, the Carmelites came to understand Mary as their sister as well. Arnold Bostius, a Carmelite author of the Middle Ages, boldly writes, The humble Carmelite brother will rightly glory with great rejoicing and most joyfully will say, Behold, the Queen of Heaven is my sister, 
and so I act with confidence and my heart will not fear, though an army encamp against me, though war rise up against me, for in this I hope my strength, my liberator, my support, my refuge, and my praise. Lady Mary, my sister, my hope in the fruitfulness of my sister and mother has become salvation for me. Rightly, he will give thanks for having such a worthy and holy sister, mother, and patron. For the Carmelites of the Middle Ages, Mary came to be understood as the model for their life of contemplation and preaching. One such friar, John Baconthorpe, drew parallels between the life of Mary and the Carmelite rule. He emphasized Mary's life of faith and obedience, her prayer, humility, chastity, poverty, and silence. He viewed her Magnificat as her preaching. He also emphasized her discretion, for the Carmelite rule concludes by urging those who follow it to use discretion, which is the rule of all virtue. When St. Teresa of Jesus began her renewal of the Carmelite order, desiring to return to the original eremitical spirit of the first Carmelites, she maintained this understanding of her new communities being all Marys. St. Teresa lived deeply this Marian character of the order, even as she renewed it. From her childhood until the end of her life on earth, St. Teresa lived a profound union with Mary as her mother, patroness, and model. In the book of her life, St. Teresa shares with us how her mother took care in teaching her and all her siblings to have us pray and be devoted to Our Lady and to some of the saints. As a child, the future saint also had this practice. I sought out solitude to pray my devotions, and they were many, especially the rosary to which my mother was very devoted, and she made us devoted to it too. As a girl, young Teresa suffered the loss of her mother, who died at the age of 34. St. Teresa tells us how during this difficult time, she turned to the Blessed Mother. I remember that when my mother died, I was 12 years old or a little less. When I began to understand what I had lost, I went afflicted before an image of Our Lady and besought her with many tears to be my it seems to me that although I did this in simplicity, it helped me, for I have found favor with this Sovereign Virgin in everything I have asked of her, and in the end she has drawn me to herself. Thus began a new development in Teresa's growing closeness with Mary. At 20 years of age, Teresa entered the Carmelite Monastery of the Incarnation in Avila, Spain. 
There, she drank deeply of the Marian spirit of the Carmelite heritage. Everything about Carmel was Mary's. Our Lady's rule, Our Lady's order, and Our Lady's habit, which included the brown scapular. When St. Teresa was inspired to begin new communities of nuns who would return more to the contemplative spirit of the first Carmelites, the original hermits on Mount Carmel, she understood that her new communities were to continue being Totus Marianus, all Marys. She writes to her sisters, But his majesty well knows that I can boast only of his mercy. And since I cannot cease being what I have been, I have no other remedy than to approach his mercy and to trust in the merits of his son and of the virgin, his mother, whose habit I wear so unworthily and you wear. Praise him, my daughters, for you truly belong to Our Lady. Thus you have no reason to be ashamed of my misery, since you have such a good mother. Imitate her and reflect that the grandeur of Our Lady and the good of having her for your patroness must be indeed great, since my sins and being what I am have not been enough to tarnish in any way the sacred order. Note how St. Teresa points to Mary as mother, patroness, and ideal to be imitated in her following of Christ. A significant episode in St. Teresa's life that shows the Marian character of Carmel occurred in the year 1571, nine years after her founding of the first community of the Discalced Carmelite nuns. In October of 1571, Teresa was appointed prioress of the Monastery of the Incarnation, the community she had left seven years earlier. Normally, the superior of a religious community is elected. In this case, the community had Teresa imposed upon them as their superior, without an election. This fact did not sit too well with the nuns, who resisted Teresa's entrance into the monastery. St. Teresa herself felt very uncomfortable with the situation, accepting the office only with difficulty and in a spirit of obedience to her superiors. When she was finally installed as prioress, St. Teresa placed a statue of the Blessed Mother in the prioress seat in the chapel, herself taking a seat on the floor to address her sisters. This was her humble way of reminding the sisters that they all belonged to Mary and that Our Lady of Mount Carmel was the one to whom they were to look as their leader and model. Needless to say, St. Teresa won the nuns' respect and devotion through her humble leadership. Mary also appears prominently in the mystical experiences of St. Teresa. The saint recounts numerous occasions in which the Blessed Mother appeared to her and spoke to her. One incident, though, demonstrates in particular the special relationship between Mary and the Order of Discalced Carmelites. The saint writes, On the feast of the Nativity of Our Lady, I feel special joy. When this day comes, 
I think it's good to renew my vows. And once while I was about to do so, the Blessed Virgin, Our Lady, appeared to me through an illuminated vision. And it seems to me I renewed them in her hands and that they were pleasing to her. This vision remained with me for some days, as though she were next to me at my left. From this experience, we see the close relationship between the Blessed Mother and St. Teresa as a Carmelite nun. The Marian spirit and ideal which continues to animate the Carmelites today can be found in the constitutions of the Discalced Carmelite Friars. Our Lady, as portrayed in the Gospels, is thus put before us as the perfect embodiment of the ideal of the Order, and we are drawn to follow her closely. With the attitude of the poor of the Lord, we must ponder on God's Word in faith and spend ourselves in a manifold service of love. Then our life will truly resemble hers and under her guidance, we shall be made to share more fully in the mystery of Christ and his church. In this way, our profession, which binds us in a special manner to Our Lady and which we have put in her hands, will become a reality in our life. That too is what the scapular we wear symbolizes that we belong to Mary and that we strive to be clothed with her virtues so as to mirror in the world the beauty of her holiness. Teresa, a humble daughter of Mary, lived fully the Carmelite spirit of being Totus Marianus. May our Blessed Mother draw you too to herself and lead you to a deeper union with her divine Son, Jesus Christ. For further reflections on the spirituality of Carmel, visit our website at carmelitefriarsocd.org. Thank you for listening to Dip Your Toes into Carmel. Be sure to follow our socials to find out about other opportunities to grow your faith. Links to the full articles can be found in our show notes. Until next time.